0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale.
1: Well, hey everybody and welcome to Rooted Deep. Uh, I'm Reba Ally's here with me today and we're really excited because we have one of our friends here with us today, Candy Gallagher. Now, um, Candy is a speaker, she's an author, and we're going to be kind of stepping in a little bit today and talking about discipleship, and um, I, I love introducing women But I always like to say before I read off their list of introductions that they are are friends, they are sisters, they are daughters, um, they they are so unique in their own womanhood, and they're not necessarily defined by all of these things that we kick off and say about them. So here's our hope and prayer, is that even though you'll probably be pretty impressed when you hear this thing I'm getting ready to read about, Candy, but you'll also realize that she's a woman just like you are if you're listening to this, and she has her own set of struggles and she has her own set of things that she processes through every single day. And so none of these things are keep us exempt from, from just being real. And so, but uh, man, I love it when we can bring somebody in who really has some experience and some expertise in certain areas to be able to really speak into my life and Allie's life. Plus yours, so this is just you get to be a bonus because Allie and I really we're just all selfish about this. So, uh, but let me let me just tell you a little bit about Candy. She's a pastor's wife. She is the mom of two boys, Rig and Ryder, and I love her boys' names. They're so they're so much fun. Um, she's a speaker and she is a writer uh, who is devoted to making disciples by cultivating a passion in women for God's word. She and her husband Robbie co-founded um, foundations and together they lead replicate ministries. And you may be familiar with that ministry. If you're not, you need to be. Um, This is a ministry that educates, equips, and empowers believers to make disciples who make disciples. So Candy and her family live outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and they serve at their church, Long Hollow Baptist Church. So Candy, welcome to Rooted Deep.
2: Thanks so much
1: for having me.
2: I'm so excited
0: we are we're glad to have you here and candy and i this is ali everybody candy and i met i guess it was maybe almost 10 years ago you were yeah. on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic, and I was tasked with just hanging out with the girls while uh, the men uh, talked discipleship. But we got a lot done. Um, we spent time out on the streets. We rode motorcycles, and then she spent some very special time in the workshop rescue ministry with us. And the girls—that was the first Bible verse you taught them. Was the first Bible verse that they that they ever learned, and they still do it with the hand motions that you uh, oh, wow. that you taught them as well. So, uh, and then we've been friends ever since. And just um, just work together on in, in different, um, sometime in Chattanooga, sometime down in the Dominican. So it's just a great pleasure to have you here with us today, Candy. That's so
1: cool. Well, I haven't known Candy as long as Allie has, but I, I met her a couple of years ago. We were introduced to Replicate Ministries and to the Discipleship Program, and as a result of that, at the time, I was leading women's ministry at my church, and we wanted to kick off something there. And so we dove in to the books and growing up and really just started uh, starting discipleship. Uh, then I realized, oh, wait a minute. This is a tool that we can help women around the world who are getting no discipleship at all. In fact, mm-hmm. that word is foreign to them. They don't even understand. When I talk about discipleship in a global context, many times a lot of people say, yeah, I know those guys. There were 12 of them. And you know, <laughs> they begin to list all the um, so good. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, yeah, but there's... You're one too, and you know, we start from there. But um, so I was invited to come to the cohort, Katie, that you guys had there at Long Hollow for the Women's Discipleship Cohort, and was able to sit down with a group of women's leaders and listen to you uh talk a lot about women's discipleship and what that looked like. And we were able to walk away from that cohort with tools in our belt that, that we've put together. And we're now equipping women to go train disciplers all along all over the globe. And so we actually, um, have started as a result of that our first discipleship training in Africa. And we're so excited about that as we've got women now in Africa who are, who are pouring into other women and are becoming disciples who make disciples. So, um, we, Ali and I both, um, just have connected to you in different ways and yet all with under that umbrella of discipleship which is really mm-hmm. what we want to kind of talk about today. And because here's the thing, um, as a group of women, we believe it's so important for women to be growing in their relationship with Christ. And um so talk about that a little bit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's crucial. I mean, it's essential. You know, like it's funny this, um, the day and age in which we live too. right now, I was telling somebody the other day, when we live as a disciple of Jesus Christ, it's a everyday ongoing training, right? Like, I mean, we're, we're, it's like, we're training, we're training for spiritual warfare. We're training for what the Lord allows to happen in our life. And, you know, a lot of, um, emotions and different things have been going on in this season of COVID and all these unknowns and new things happening. And we were talking to a group of us the other day and I said, girls, this is what we train for. Like we train for these types of situations every day of our life as we're living and growing in Christ mm-hmm. so that we're not completely knocked down or um, completely caught off guard when things like this happen. It's like yeah. you, you constantly are putting forth that effort to grow in your relationship with Christ. So that you remain steady during these seasons of life, which some are going to be up and some are going to be down, you know? And so that, that is a, it's a passion of my heart to walk alongside other women and um, teach them some of those foundational things that they need to know some of those essential disciplines Mm -hmm. so that they're able to grow in Christ on their own. And then once they rally a group of women around them, they're able to do that most effectively by having the accountability of others in their life. You know? But it definitely, you know, I'm passionate about it starts with you as a disciple of Jesus Christ personally. And what yeah. you live personally allows yeah. you to lead others publicly.
1: Yeah, I love that because we really can't give anybody something we don't have. Right. Absolutely. You know? So I think that's so, so valuable and so important. So it starts with personal growth. So when we talk about discipleship, because we may have some people listening right now, and they're like, what are they talking about? I thought the disciples were 12 guys too. Is this something different? And, um, and that's a great question. But when we're talking about discipleship, it starts, as you said, with just individuals personally growing. But then, what does discipleship look like, Kenny? I mean, when you—if you define that, let's make sure everybody understands what we're talking about when we talk about discipleship.
2: Yeah, which is so important because that term um, is is obviously thrown around a lot, and people could be talking and meaning different things when they're talking about discipleship. So, we spent a lot of time um, crafting a definition for discipleship after many, many years of um, just practicing and doing and doing this in our lives. And so what we say discipleship is, this is the definition that Replicate Ministries has uh, formed, is that discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the word of God through accountable relationships empowered by the Holy Spirit in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. So every word and phrase is really um, intentional and strategic in this definition. It Mm. starts with the word, you know, that is the, I mean, we say it all the time. The Bible is the textbook. It is foundational to our own, individual personal walks with the Lord. And then in our group dynamics, when we have discipleship groups, that is the centerpiece of everything we do is the word of the Lord. And we're equipping believers with this because so many are unequipped Mm -hmm. with the word. And so we're equipping them. We're doing that by holding one another accountable. We're filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And the end result and the end goal would always be that person to replicate their life into someone else's and so that's what we're talking about when we're talking about biblical discipleship it's growing in that knowledge and the truth of the word of the lord you're going to live that out in your life alongside these other women and then you're going to replicate that yeah
0: well. So when you talk about and and I think that you touched on it already when you said that in this season specifically and I think my my husband and I were talking the other day about we've all had difficult seasons throughout like every generation has had tough mm. times and has needed the church more than ever and has needed and the, and the, and believers needed to have that, those spiritual disciplines kind of embedded in their, in their lives. So why are, you know, and so you said it already, why this time of discipline, spiritual discipline is so important. Um, but talk a little bit more about preparedness in this, in this moment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was journaling just this morning because I mean, just my regular um, quiet time And the verse I'm in, we're in, my group is in first Peter right now. I'm actually behind a little bit. They're a little ahead of me, but I've been slowing it down because it's just been so good. I don't want to rush through it.
0: Mm. And
2: so I was reading where it talks about, um, Peter says, you have to regard in your heart God as holy. You know, you have to revere him in your heart and then he says be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks the hope that is within you, right? Yeah, and right. so that whole entire passage he's talking about um suffering. He's talking about suffering for um and being persecuted, you know, suffering for, you know, for Christ's sake. And then he goes on and he says you have to honor the Lord as holy in your heart and then you have to be ready. You have to be prepared to make a defense. And so I'm thinking I wrote that that's what really stuck out to me was like, what is exactly, does it mean to honor the Lord as holy in my heart? And what that means is to fear him in a healthy way. And I think if we're not grounded in the word and in and, and, and discipling relationships with believers and practicing spiritual disciplines, if we're not doing those things, I think it's hard if we will fear man more than we will fear God. You know, we will fear the world's situations and circumstances and seasons of life more than we fear God. And so when we start going through these times of uncertainty, the one thing we can be certain of is Jesus Christ and Mm -hmm. his word, right? We can be certain of that. And, um, And that is what gives us that the trust. It gives us the hope that we have. Um, and hopefully it prepares us to be able to give a defense, you know, yeah. when we're asked, especially in this time, we have people all over our world wanting to go to church like never before, wanting to hear spiritual truth, you know, and the Lord was very intentional with that, you know, and kind of opening up more of a digital world right now so that we can reach more people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just learning through being rooted in the word, learning how to, stand and be ready and be prepared in these in in these crazy times to be honest with you
1: You no I think that's so good because as I you know as I've been able to lead been a part of a discipleship group myself and then being able to lead discipleship groups I think that a lot of times as we come in as women we can check that box off that yes we read our bibles Okay. You know, yes. Okay. Yes. I read my Bible and some of us are wonderful speed readers and some of us are sleep readers, but you know, we can somehow get through a chapter or whatever it is that we want to try to do. And we say, we've got that. And yet when we look at our lives on a daily basis is the words that we say we're in taking actually impacting our lives. And one That's of good. the beauties I think of discipleship is that through the process of not just reading, but you mentioned journaling, and mm-hmm. I promise I've never led a group yet that mm-hmm. when I mention the word journaling, women's eyes get like saucers, <laughs> and everybody <laughs> leans back, and you know I can see the people reaching in their pockets for white flags, you know, going, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. This. because that I for some women journaling. Now, see, for Allie, Allie, we have a you know perfect example of this. Allie has this gorgeous calligraphy style handwriting. She can she can take a journal and turn it into a work of art that everyone right. would out of. And if I, if I journaled like Allie journaled, I would want to journal all the time, right? Right, right. I think a lot of women, when they think of journaling, that's what they think yeah. of, and they think there's no way. And, and that's me. I can't even draw a stick figure that resembles a person. And so it's like, okay, I can't journal. And yet I think journaling is one of the most powerful things that we do in this learning process, because as an, as an educator for many years, I would often tell my students, you don't really know what you know until you try to communicate it. Mm, that's so good. And you immediately know then if you know it or not, because if you can't get it out your mouth and it you get it in, into a pen and get it on paper, you probably haven't internalized it in a way that you're going to live it out. So Candy, talk about talk about that intimidating world of journaling and, and how what a powerful tool it actually is.
2: Yeah, it is. It's essential. It's essential to our personal growth and in discipleship groups. And, you know, I learned a long time ago, you have to most of us have to record to retain. We have to write it down. Um, Like you said, if you write it, you're more likely to remember it. And then you're more likely to be able to share it because you've actually taken it in and processed it. And so, you know, I was never a big journal person either. Like I didn't keep a diary as a child. I didn't, I mean, I can't even believe I wrote a book. I mean, I've just never been what I would have considered a writer or a journaler. And Robbie's the one who really challenged me years ago. Like you really need to try to do this, you know? And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And I mean, it's just completely life-changing because the Bible tells us in James that we're not to be hearers of the word only, but to be doers. Now, we cannot be a doer of the word. We can't obey it. We can't apply it if we're not truly taking it in. If, we're, if we are speed reading and we are just checking a box every single day, then yes, it's effective, but it's kind of going in one ear and out the other. Right. So, but if you sit and you mull on it a little bit and you meditate on it a little bit and you actually record your thoughts... Um, that is where it lends itself for the application in our life. And then we walk away saying, okay, you know, like for me this morning, like, am I honoring the Lord in my heart? I need to be doing that, right? I need to be having a healthy fear of Him and not just fearful of everything that's going on in the world, you know? So it's like you have to walk away with some sort of an application um, for it to be, for the word to be the most effective in your life. So what we encourage is we do a simple, it's called a here journal. And this is just one of many methods of journaling. You know, I tell people all the time, if you have a method that works for you, do it. Yeah. If you don't, and you're looking for something, we do the here journal H E A R. And the H when you're reading through is the highlight. So you pick out a verse or a passage, whatever it may be, that really stands out to you. And you write that down. It could be one verse, two verses, three or four, whatever it may be. Then your E is your explanation. You know, what is happening in this passage that is speaking to you? Like what's taking place? Um, So the one I've been sharing about this morning with when Peter said, you know, you have to honor the Lord in your heart and be ready to make a defense. You know, the explanation is he's talking to um, exiles who have been dispersed everywhere who are suffering for Christ. And the reason I know that is because I've read that whole chapter, right? So that's where that explanation comes from. And then the application is where you're really taking what you're reading and you're applying it to yourself. Now, this is an area I've always kind of struggled with because it's very easy for me to generalize an application. Like we all need to do this. Like we all need to honor the Lord in our hearts. We all need to be ready to make a defense. But I've had to stop myself and say, okay, wait, Candy, this is not about you all need to. This is what do you need to do? And mm-hmm. so I've, I have to really work on making that application very personal to myself. And then the R is respond. How am I going to respond to God now that I've read and I know these things? And that, it's it can be as long as you want. It can be as short as you want. So journaling doesn't have to scare everybody. Really and truly, you're just writing down your thoughts so that you can remember what you've read and you can apply it to your life. And you know, I tell people there is creativity in journaling. You have artistic people like Allie who can just knock your socks off with gorgeous. You know, and and that and that's a form of worship for people. Mm -hmm. You know, having that gift that's a form of they're worshiping the Lord in how they're doing that. And then you have people like me who not really artistic, but I'm a list maker. I love charts and things of that nature. So sometimes my journals will look like a chart. Like if I see a list in the scripture, I'm making a chart out of it, you know? And so my journals may look a little like that sometimes, or it'll be my words. so there's creativity in that and, and someone shouldn't get bogged down. Like it has to look a certain way. I love that. You know what I'm saying? It's, Absolutely. it's as unique as individuals are, I would say.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's awesome that Robbie, uh, encouraged you about that years ago about just writing and, and putting it down on paper. So Tell us a little bit more about your story, you and Robbie and you know, how you began, how the discipleship process, um, began in your relationship or in your lives.
2: Yeah. So we've been married almost 16 years now. And so we've been, we've been in ministry the entire time, which has been, I mean, there's nothing in life I'd rather do. Nothing. I absolutely love getting to serve the Lord and to serve with Robbie in ministry. And I was called to ministry actually before we met. I just didn't know what that would look like. Hmm. And it was really neat because when we did meet and come together, we had both just kind of experienced the worst of the world you know bad relationships bad choices sinful things we had done and both of us before we met we just didn't want other people going through some of the things that we had to go through and so after i became a believer when i was almost 21 I just wanted to walk alongside women to help them not make some of those bad choices that I had made. So I started to disciple women not knowing what I was doing. It was really just kind of stemming from um, a desire to not see people make sinful choices. Like there's another way. And so that's how it started for me. And that was taking place in my life about three or four years before I met Robbie And then when I met him and his heart for discipleship, he was already discipling, you know, young guys in his life for the same exact reason, just wanting to walk alongside of them and help protect them in a way and and show them, hey, there's a better way. You don't have to live this worldly way. You can live in the way of the Lord. And that's literally what happened. And then when we got married, we just learned um, over the years through like trial and error and just life experience of um, the most effective way we believe that disciples could be made and just started kind of practicing and, um, you know, having groups every single year, doing these things personally so that we could, you know, help others and say, hey, this living for the Lord is so much better than all that junk, you know, that um, that we used to do.
1: Yeah, yeah. you know, Kenny, when I hear you say that, I mean, one of the things that I you just throughout what you just said kind of jumps out is that you've seen God change your life through through his word and the power of his word in your life and and then you're just looking to okay how can how can we help other people you know understand that truth so if you would you know um, maybe there's there's somebody listening right now and and they're struggling so how you know how have you seen personally how have you seen discipleship maybe you can give us some you know, a story or a thought or a direction of your life, whether it be in your personal life or your marriage or in parenting, because I know you've got two boys that are <laughs> wide open and love life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, as a mom and as a wife and, you know, as, as and, and, and then just as a woman who, who wants to serve God, how have you seen discipleship really impact your life?
2: Yeah. I mean, so I could, give you so many examples and reasons, but really the beauty of, I mean, I'm thinking about my own discipleship group this year. They actually, we meet today. We actually, we meet around right after lunch. And, you know, just this one dynamic of um, one group for this past year, you know, we have one that's been going through a divorce because her husband left her for another woman. So we have, you know, she's, she's been dealing with this. We have um, a, you know, police officer's wife, who's in our group with, you know, which all the the craze of the world that had been going on. So the the pressure that they were under, um, we have one that's um, sick, you know, who has dealt with a lot of health issues and that sort of thing. Um, We have one who had COVID for like two or three months and couldn't come. And it was just Mm -hmm. awful. So like, you're you're looking at and we have one who's who's um, has a son that's in college, but has just had some struggles there and then I'm in that one as well which you know i mean i have my own issues right so we all have these unique and different issues that we're we're living but yet when we come together and we're walking alongside one another in that way it makes such a difference I and mean, it's it's life changing really because um it's a lifeline not only through the word, but also through those relationships that we have with one another. And so, you know, if, and they'll tell you, if I didn't have this group, if I wasn't in the word, you know, how different would I be walking through some of these situations in life, right? And so when you see that happening and those women individually getting it, and that light bulb starts to go off, like, um, you know, I can still be faithful you know, in this season of life, um, even though what is going on in my life absolutely stinks, right? I mean, I can still be grounded and rooted and faithful. Um, That is the way, you know, walk in it. And that it's, it's really and truly, it's a steady, I want them to be steady, you know, I don't want them to be like super high and then fall off right. the mountain and be yeah. super low. I right. want them having a steady spiritual growth that happens, you know, minute by minute, day by day. That's what I want for them. And um and so that's what we're we're all trying to do that together and it just it just makes all of the difference. And it for me just as much as them, like they look at me as their discipleship leader but they also disciple me. You know, we work together. It's a unit. It's a group dynamic. And I may make some of those main major decisions in our group, but they're pouring into me just like I'm pouring into them. And for me, that's crucial. Like I need that. I need what I need to hear what they have heard from the Lord. Right. And I need to have them praying for me and um, encouraging me or whatever it is. Um, I need that just as much as they do. And so it changes my life, but it also changes their life just by living life. You know, we're yeah. just living together. Yeah. We're, um, we're walking through what the Lord allows. We're applying the word to those situations. And, you know, we're looking ahead to say, Hey, okay, who may the Lord bring in my life that I can do this with again, you know, like in the future. Right.
1: Yeah, and I think that sense of accountability and community really, you know, I think a lot of times we're intimidated by accountability because it feels like somebody's going to get into those secret crevices of my heart and, and I'm going to know me for who I really am. And there's truth to that. Yeah. But I think there's something liberating when we realize that other people wade through deep waters just like we do. Other people don't always get it right just like we don't. And yet we've got somebody who's going to cheer us on encourage us, um, you know, in our, in our hard times. And we, we need to be asked the tough questions. I need to be asked the tough questions. I, I'm not going to always just, I don't wake up every morning. I love Jesus. You know, there's just, <laughs> I need somebody to get in my face and say, Hey, Reba, wake up, let's go. What are you doing? Uh, I need that. And, um, and I think that if I don't put that structure in my life, I can really become quite an island to myself and I can find True. myself in trouble. Yeah, and I think absolutely. we're seeing
0: that. Um, the community and the connection that you do have and accountability that you do have with discipleship, I do think we see over and over again the dangers of isolation and the ease and comfort at first of being isolated and just being pulling pulling away. And, uh, and it's, it's so dangerous. And you, and you want to say over and over again, that's exactly where Satan wants you is alone. That's exactly, you know, and, and in a community and connected, whether it's right now, um, virtually, uh, right now, my, my little groups are, are all meeting virtually and it's hard to see, um, their, 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 what I, I normally kind of pay attention to bodied language or whatever, and they're all kind of slumped, you know, slumped over and hanging out on their couch and everything. And I would kind of like to see everybody just kind of, you know, sit up and face in the computer, but at the same time, um, it's better that we we're able to at least connect uh, digitally or virtually because the isolation is really just such a dangerous place to be. So I'm so so thankful that you mentioned the importance of the community. So tell us, Candy, a little bit about what are, you know, over the years of discipleship, what are some of the greatest joys that you've experienced just in these groups? You've touched on it a little bit throughout this conversation, but if you can think of a couple of um, just some of the greatest joys that you've seen, we'd love to hear about them.
2: Yeah, I would say... Overall, when ladies grasp that this is a lifestyle Mm -hmm. and that this is not something that they're only going to do for one year or 18 months or whatever that may be, once they realize, hey, this is how I can live every single day of my life, and there may be seasons I'm in a discipleship group and there may be seasons that I'm not for whatever reason, but I can live as a disciple of Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ every single day. And um, so when they get that. And they, they realize this isn't just a switch. I turn on and off and it's not just a once a week meeting. You know, this is the way I can live forever on this side of eternity. And when they get that and understand that, and then they, they have that passion for the word, because I really believe every other spiritual discipline flows from that. It flows from our engagement of the word. And prayer, you know, and so I feel like when they can, when they grasp those things, I mean, it's just like the sky's the limit for them, you know. Like I don't, you know, I know that no matter what, we all are, um, we can all sin, we can all like fall into patterns and, and and that sort of thing. But when we're living in those discipling relationships, ongoing every year, that the it minimizes those times happening, and that's crucial. Because if you're, if you're living and you're walking alongside a group of ladies, and then all of a sudden one of them's not showing up or something seems wrong, you know, something's off, you know, and you're able to say, Hey, what's going on? Like you're able to kind of pull them back in or or hold them accountable to whatever they're supposed to be doing. That is, is crucial because you could be, the Lord could have you in this season of life with them to really step in before something bad happens. And, um, it's not always going to work out in the best way, but you're there and you're able to kind of pull them back in and say, Hey, you know, versus if they were isolated and they had no accountability and, you know, a lot of people are more comfortable in that way. They're more comfortable being somewhat isolated and not being transparent with, with people. So sometimes you're, you're pushing some out of their comfort zone a little bit, but it, Slowly, you know, they can start kind of opening up a little more and realizing, hey, you know, I have to be able to share my life with others, you know, because if I do those things and I'm not completely isolated and I share myself, Satan loses power when that takes place. You know, like he, he's winning if he keeps you isolated, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. He's losing power the minute you open up your life and you share. The minute that happens, that power, that stronghold, that control starts to break down. And so if we could grasp that and say, you know what, I'm just going to be open book. You know, I'm just going to tell everybody everything. You know, and um and and just kind of close that door and don't let Satan have that that win. You know, where he keeps you isolated. But um, I mean that's a long answer for that question. But there are that would be probably some of the top joys is just letting ladies realize that they can share their life and that that's a good thing, and um you know having them develop that passion for the word and learn that this is a lifestyle and not just I'm just going to, you know, be in a D group for 12 months and then I'm a disciple, right? You know, a disciple is a lifelong learner. So we're going to spend the rest of our life um, right. growing yeah. and um, seeking after him.
1: Yeah. What, so that, thinking,
2: that would be, I think, the top ones.
1: I love it. Well, Candy, let me, this is, this wasn't in the questions we talked about, but I'm going to, I want to add just this to, uh, maybe you can give us a great answer for this, because I think there's a lot of pastor's lives, which you are one. Allie's a pastor's Mm -hmm. wife. And so both of you guys are in ministry with husbands. And a lot of times I hear a lot of women who are pastor's wives say, well, I really can't do that because I'm a pastor's wife. Right. I can't, I can't be in a discipleship group because you know. So, can you take just you know just a minute or so and maybe speak to that that ministry leader, that pastor's wife today who's sitting there listening to this today and saying, "Well, that's for everybody but me because I'm the pastor."
0: I can't wife. be vulnerable. Yeah. Right. 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 Well, I would say.
1: <laughs>
2: I cannot not be in a discipleship yeah. group, right? <laughs> um, because I, I really and truly, and I mean this with all my heart, I cannot imagine my life if I didn't have discipling relationships in it. I mean, it would be that it's a foreign concept for me, and um, and I know it, it's a little easier because I am an extrovert and I am um, very open. I, I just tend to be an open book by nature, and I know that some women are not that way, and that's okay. But we still have to we have to not just be able to share the gospel. You know, like Paul says Mm -hmm. in Thessalonians that he loved the Thessalonians so much that he wanted not only to share the gospel, but to share his very life. And that is, you know, the Great Commission is a command for all of us. It's a critical command. And it's not just for certain people. It's for all people, right? So that includes those of us in ministry. And I will be the first to tell you, my number one ministry is to Robbie. It's that partnership that I have with him. And when he needs me, I will drop everything to help him and to be whatever he needs. Um, However, I would be not as healthy as I could be as his wife, if I was not in discipling relationships. And I just know that. So if you're a pastor's wife or a ministry leader of any sort, and you're out there, and you're thinking, you know, I just can't, you know, maybe I've been hurt before and I just don't want to walk alongside others or whatever. There may be a season that you can kind of sit back and take a little bit of a breather, but for the most part, you need to be walking alongside of others for your own spiritual health, not just what you're going to pour out to them, but what they can do for you. I mean, you don't even necessarily have to lead that group. I mean, you can just be a participant and enjoy the benefits that happen, you know, of being in that group. And, um, I just find that it's crucial for me and for my health. And I tell ministers wives all the time, when I get the chance to talk to them, your number one ministry is to yourself because if you're not spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, physically healthy, as much as you can be, if you're not pursuing health in those areas, then not only are you going to be affected, everybody in your life is going to be affected, but if we can pursue health in those areas and spiritually, living as a disciple and being in discipling relationships is what is going to help keep you spiritually healthy, you know? And granted, you can't share everything as a pastor's wife. You're not going to be able to go in there and necessarily share things that are supposed to be kept private. However, you can open up to a certain extent, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you know, I might not go in and say exactly what Robbie's dealing with, but I may say, you know, there's been some pressure or there's been some friction or there's been a situation and I just need y'all to be praying for us. You know what I mean? Like there's a way that you can word things. If you're worried about that dynamic of pastor's wife, married to the pastor type thing. Um, but there's, to me, there's really not an excuse for us to not be growing spiritually, no matter what position we hold in ministry. And so we need to be willing to let other people in. You know, and it may be that you don't do a discipleship group with, um, friends or peers in the church. You may do it with other staff wives. You may do it with your children. I mean, how you're in discipling relationships might look a little different because we're all in different stages and ages of life, but, um, it is definitely something I think those of us in ministry need to be pursuing just as much as the person sitting in the pew on church, you know? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I love I agree that. Completely, yeah. Oh, so good, so good. Well, Katie, it has been so much fun having you with us today, and um, we're going to end in just a second with some fun rapid fire questions that we always love to ask every guest that comes on. But I just want to sum everything up by telling those who are listening: if you're, you know, if something you've heard today is interested you, Katie has got an amazing book called Disciple Her, and you can get that online. You can get that at a lot of the Christian bookstores. And I would encourage you to pick this up. Uh, uh, Robbie's also written a book called Growing Up. They've worked together on all of these things. So if you're if you're not in a discipleship group, I would just encourage you uh, to connect with a couple of women and just uh, find out what that looks like. And disciple her will help you do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just uh, gather and uh, let's grow. And let's become the people that God genuinely wants us to be, so that we are stable, as you said. And that's really what you know. This podcast for us is all about um, is rooted deep. deep. Yeah, exactly. Getting women uh, rooted in the truths of the Word of God, so that they can do the promise of Scripture, and that is that their leaf won't wither, uh, Mm -hmm. regardless of the season. So it's stability, right? And uh, so we're we're excited about that. So oh well. So thanks for being with us. So Katie, as we close out, let's uh, have some fun with some rapid fire questions. All right. Okay. So I'll keep you off of the first one. Okay. Okay. What book has impacted you? Now I know it's the Bible. Okay, but give us another one. Okay. What book?
2: Um, I would say more recently the the new book on Susie Spurgeon's life has just was just incredibly inspiring to me. Um, yeah, I just really really. She, you know, her being a pastor's wife and just what they dealt with, um, physically, they both had health ailments and just how all of that played out in their life from her perspective. It's just, it's an excellent book. It's called Susie.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I'll look at, look that up. Number two, what do you enjoy doing in your free time?
2: I love to cycle. I do, um, spend class at, at a studio over here. Um, so I've been doing that for a couple of years and just, so i I try to go three or four times a week at least.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. This, now this was a fun question. Um, Something that people often get wrong about you.
2: Oh, wow. Something that people often get wrong. Ooh, we, I don't even know. Um, That's a hard one. It is. Oh man. Um, I don't know. Um, Maybe I think, I think in general, people think you've, you can be perfect or have it all together. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: And then they don't realize, you know, that you have a mountain of laundry on your bed too, just like everybody else because you can't get it folded. Right. So it's like, I'm not perfect. And so when people meet me a lot of times and have conversation, they realize, Hey, she's just a real person too. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would say that maybe thinking I've got it all together would be something that most people would definitely get wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha.
0: <you. laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie?
2: Oh, geez. Um, Oh, man. I don't even know. Uh, I don't watch a whole lot of movies, but let me think. Oh, goodness. Um, These are hard. So much pressure. These these
0: aren't hard. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I never
2: just sit and think about these things. Um, I really don't know. I would say I mean, probably some of the, well, I feel like I just saw, oh, The Greatest Showman is a great mm, one. I yeah. really like that. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it would definitely be one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. How about if you're, if you're going to eat your very favorite meal, what's on the table? Oh goodness. Um, She's I'll from tell New,
2: you, New Orleans,
0: so yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I like all kinds of types of food for the most part. And, um, I would probably say let me just say right now what my favorite thing is is barbecue nachos. Okay, that's oh. a new discovery in my life and I'm like this is so good, you know, but um so I and really I like pizza. So I mean if I if I can pop a pizza in the oven or go get a, like a wood fire grill pizza. Um so I mean I really truly like all kinds of food, but barbecue nachos right now is probably one of my favorites. That
0: sounds <laughs> That sounds like something that came out of Nashville anyway. Hello. Um it. <laughs> what's on your nightstand, candy?
2: Um, a bottle of water, and my charger for my watch, and a lamp, and I think that's about it.
1: All right, so give us a snapshot of a typical moment in your life that just brings you joy. What does it look like?
2: Um, Probably when my boys get in the car from school all day, you know, like I just adore, I adore my boys and they're, they actually are both having their birthdays right now. So they're just another year older, but, um, when they get in the car, I just love to see their faces and just, you know, get to hear like how their day was. And, um, so, I mean, that's probably that one. And I would say when Robbie gets home in the evenings, you know, I just love when he walks through the door.
0: (laughs) What is something that you are deeply grateful for?
2: Oh, wow. Um, our church, you know, deeply grateful for our church and the relationships that we have. Um, we just made five years at, at Long Hollow yeah. and it's been, it's gone by so fast, but I'm just super thankful for our staff and for just our church
1: in general.
0: Yeah. All
1: right, well, we're going to end with the biggie and we always ask this to kind of connect with our podcast and that's, Katie, what keeps you deeply rooted? What keeps you, what keeps you successful in life?
2: Um, I would say the word and Robbie.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> the word and Robbie because um the word absolutely would be my top answer because that's truly the truth and then just um my partnership with Robbie as my husband and just ministry partner um we just hold one another accountable and just really try to make each other better. And so I think his influence on my life and then obviously Jesus
1: and the word is what keeps me rooted. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, it's been such a blast to have you on today. And I think this has been great. Maybe we'll get to have you on again and talk a little bit more about the discipleship and, but we're excited about what you're doing for women and how you've influenced both of our ministries and now the opportunities that our women are to replicate and that's what's happening. And so, um, this has just been a blast.
2: Well, thank y'all so much. I've loved getting to just chat with y'all today. It's been super fun. And, um, you know, it's always great when you can talk with other women about discipleship and what the Lord's called us
0: to do. So thank y'all so much. Great, Candy. Thank you.
1: All right. Well, listen, thanks so much today for joining us on Rooted Deep. We will put uh, information on how you can get her book and uh, lead you out to replicate ministries uh, on the information uh, in our podcast. So make sure you check that out. So thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.